Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, I'm Kirsty. And I'm Kelsey. And it's time to hate watch with us. Welcome to our show about the things we love and the things we hate and the things we love to hate. I have like a weird amount of clear space on my desk right now. So when I started the intro, I like folded my hands in front of me and I felt like an NPR host for a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Kirsty, if you were an NPR host, you'd have to talk like this. So, Kelsey, what are we here to talk about today? (laughs) Well, we're definitely not here for for the NPR vibes today Mm -mm, because mm -mm. we are here for vibes that are fueled by sequins and pink Mm -hmm. wine, I Mm -hmm. think. Um, We're here to talk about a transformative experience that Kirstie and I had together in person at a movie yes. theater, which yes. in itself is a momentous statement. We, I understand have that. Have you ever seen a movie together? I was just wondering that. I don't know that we have. It, it didn't occur to me at the time, but now no. I'm like... No, because you famously hate movies in theaters. I only saw like one or two movies in theaters in Boston. And that, yeah. I mean, we de- I definitely wouldn't have taken you to a theater up here, so. No. Wait, did we go to, no, we didn't. It's like, did we go to Jordan's Furniture together? <laughs> no, we didn't. <laughs> we would like to, but we have not had the pleasure. <laughs> One of these days. <laughs> That's wild. Wow, so it really was like a momentous occasion. <laughs> and the film that we chose after... Two years of a pandemic <laughs> and our whole friendship was the lost city. <laughs> no regrets. No regrets. No regrets. Literally none. Not a single regret was had in that theater, by us at least. <laughs> Unclear about the other like nine people that were in attendance that yeah, night. Truly. But... <laughs> um when this trailer dropped, it was like a fever dream. Yes. And that energy, they brought it. <laughs> they brought it. It feels like you're talking about the vibes. And if we're talking about vibes, it feels like it shares like vibe DNA with Mamma Mia. Yes, it does. Like not not to the same degree. I don't want to no. get anyone's hopes up. No. But I don't want to have them be too low either. Like it, It's the <laughs> same kind of like punchy sparkly yeah nonsense yeah it's like a good fun time wrapped up in sequins and somebody on the set definitely drank too much rosé at least once it's the same level of like doing the most and not caring and not care like and not caring. It's not caught up in trying to take itself seriously. Yeah. And it's not caught up in trying to prove anything to anyone. It's just out there doing it. Doing doing it. Doing it. Doing it. I was thinking about it in the in the breadth of the rom-com legacies yeah. that we've seen. 
that we I don't even know that's not a sentence but (laughs) the rom-com canon yes thank you and it's certainly not like a Badlands rom-com no and what I think it it had some of the same characteristics of a Badlands rom-com and that like the plot is unhinged yeah and it's meant to be like an adventure rom-com and we've seen those before but what it does right is it doesn't invest anything in the plot. It doesn't nope. invest anything in the romance. Nope. <laughs> and it doesn't invest anything in the stakes. And nope. Like, that's what I came here for. <laughs> truly. <laughs> truly. I came here for a movie to just say, sit down, shut up, and just watch me. <laughs> I was thinking, like... Before we started recording, I was like, what do I even have to say to this movie? I just kind of, like, let it wash over me. Yes, like, I don't even think truly. I internalized any of it. No. <laughs> nope. No. I mean, I think the, <laughs> the thing that I appreciate about it that somehow feels like it encapsulates the spirit of this film is that Sandra Bullock has two costumes. <laughs> <laughs> and one is a... Three, technically, I guess. But, like, one is a purple sequin jumpsuit. Yep. And the other is, like, a a mauve blouse and peasant skirt combo. (laughs) Yep. Like the average cover of the average romance novel. And they hired a wardrobe department to do that. (laughs) And damn it if they didn't do their job. <laughs> they did their fucking job. When I want to be there the day they found that jumpsuit. <laughs> it's it's a work of art. Yes. My favorite, I don't know if we're ready to like get into it, but my favorite we're bit <laughs> just let it happen. That's, that's my the favorite theme. bit that they did with the jumpsuit. They did a lot with the jumpsuit. Yeah. yeah. But my favorite bit that they did is um, Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum escape from the villains through a river. Mm-hmm. And there's like a a bad guy's henchman on their trail. And he walks up to the river and he's like, got this look on his face like, oh, no, we lost him. And then he looks down and there's a little bit of water <laughs> running around the edge of a rock. And inside of all the little water foam is a bunch of purple sequins. <laughs> That's how he knows to track them through the river. It's completely absurd. <laughs> so, so good. Um, I love it. I love it. I think, like, all of the characters are so appropriately realized for mm-hmm. their role. Like, you're talking the henchmen. I didn't need to know about the henchmen. I didn't need to know about their motives didn't care i don't know their names doesn't matter <laughs> they gave one henchman a motive and it was just to absolve themselves of the fact that they're doing a colonialism mm-hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> that's true that's true <laughs> <laughs> but i don't think they gave him a name or anything else oh, they no. were just like this one henchman is indigenous to the island and his family has the culture and <laughs> he works for this guy <laughs> oops Oops. White people, huh? (laughs) (laughs) But, like, um, 
the people, like, you know everyone the second you meet them. Yes. There's, the people who are so well fleshed out are, like, Sandra Bullock's assistant. Yep. Incredible. Um, the man she meets along her journey back to find Sandra Bullock, also incredible. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and truly the pinnacle, Brad Pitt in a cameo role. <laughs> this... Is like, this I feel like is the moment where Brad Pitt has like made it, where he can just like cameo and while playing essentially like a spoof of himself. Yeah. Like that's when you've made it. Like he pocketed a couple mil to be yeah. in 15 minutes of this movie. Easy. And it was great. It was glorious. <laughs> when he, the greatest plot twist of all is that like he's got almost top billing. And so I thought he was going to be in the whole ass film. Yeah. And he shows up and I'm like, great, we're going to have this like buddy comedy between him and Channing Tatum. It's going to be this whole thing. And then, yeah, spoilers, 15 minutes in, he gets fucking shot in the head. (laughs) (laughs) Never (laughs) discussed again. I was like, what? (laughs) It's, It's really funny. But not before... They do one of two bits that had Kiersey and I literally weeping in our seats like in public. crying. Like, <laughs> weeping. <laughs> Which was something about they were in a car and the car got stuck and they were being chased. I don't know. <laughs> but Sandra Bullock gets stuck in, in the seat. Is that how this happens? Uh, no, no, no. This is, so this is, isn't this after Brad Pitt's gone? No, she gets in stuck and they put her she... in the wheelbarrow because they, oh, can't, you're right. they can't get her out. <laughs> so she's still tied to the chair when they That's find her she's tied in to Daniel chair. Radcliffe's tent. Thank you. Yeah. They don't have enough time to untie her, so they just pick her up in the chair Yeah, and make their escape with her in the chair. In a wheelbarrow. <laughs> in a wheelbarrow. <laughs> and she's like, surely you had time to like maybe undo this. No. <laughs> and then they try to get her in the car. That's Yes. That was part of this anyway. Yeah. No one else in the theater appreciated this movie no, as much as that was the thing. Is so there were like nine other people, maybe like maybe fifteen max, yeah. but I don't think it was even fifteen. I mean, it's like a reasonable size theater, I would yeah. say. Yeah. Like probably on the smaller side of like the early aughts stadium style mm-hmm. theater, mm-hmm. which is what that was back in the day. Um, but but we're like spread out, right? Yeah. I couldn't hear a soul. And I was like, look, <laughs> it's funny, people. A chuckle wouldn't kill you. <laughs> We're like cackling. <laughs> we, we had a seat in front of a big like railing, so we had our yeah. feet up on it. And I was like kicking the railing. <laughs> <laughs> the most I heard was this girl a couple seats down from us just going like, ha, ha, ha. And we like, not well. I was having such, like, visceral flashbacks to when I saw Mamma Mia in 2008, which, incidentally, I did see in that theater. But I had that reaction to Dancing Queen, where I could not stop laughing, and no one else in the theater, it was a packed theater, but no one else was laughing the way I was, and people were, like, turning around and looking at me, and I was like, what is, are we watching the same movie right now? (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. Which is all to say I'm not sure that the viewing audience on that particular night appreciated it the way we do. No. But, like, the leeches 
the legion <laughs> that, that, that weeping whole bit killed me i did i couldn't breathe i didn't no. think i was gonna survive <laughs> no <laughs> yeah i like don't even want to spoil that one because as that's happening to you it's just majestic no it just has to happen it's got the same energy almost for me at least as in the spy who dumped me when the one thing she'll be coming around the mountain in the car and i weep every single time i watch it (laughs) same And I intend to watch this movie as many times, <laughs> though with less of an editorial cut. Probably. It's true. Yeah, I don't need like the Channing Tatum cut quite the same way. I need the Sam Hewen cut. Mm-mm. But, um, yeah, I I definitely that I think was like the one drawback of our viewing experience is that it definitely would um, be augmented by an alcohol. Yeah. A we rose, did our best, guys. Like we, we did a wine flight. We did a couple of glasses of wine. Like we tried. We had some like Georgian orange wine. It was really good. It was very, very good. But um, it was not the same as like funneling it directly into your face. Correct. <laughs> the whole time, like right <laughs> out of like the uh, the thermal wine bottle holder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of what we needed. Mm-hmm. Um. Like, should we talk about Daniel Radcliffe and what he brings to this party? (laughs) I am getting no greater joy in this life than this stage of Daniel Radcliffe's career. Yeah. And I feel like there is, like, a certain joy and energy that he, like, brings with him because it just seems like he's really enjoying this stage of his career. I found this interview that was going around twitter the other day in which he was talking about making this movie and he said that it he was talking about being on a boat at one point this is in like some island place so there's many boat sequences anyway yeah (laughs) he said that it was very windy and they were worried about him falling over so you can't see it but channing tatum was on the ground holding onto his legs (laughs) doing stunts for fun (laughs) are there any pictures from that (laughs) i haven't done a google but like that is the energy (laughs) large man saves small man That's unreal. Yeah, I think a thing that I find really charming about Daniel Radcliffe, too, is that he sort of has the same demeanor in all of his acting roles. It's like this weird, like, puppy earnestness. Mm -hmm. But he somehow manages to play it a little, like, it plays differently when he's being a villain versus when he's being what's-his-name on Miracle Workers in any given season. Yeah. You know? It's like, it. he has a quality that makes it seem like he would be a boy who can only do one, and yet. We thought he was for a long time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the boy who only did one. <laughs> I mean, like, studies should be done, but... <laughs> 
It's a, yeah. He can really weaponize his talents. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that he, like, made it through his whole lived experience to date and is now, like, a crusty man in his 30s and still manages to have that sort of, like, wide-eyed, like, boyish wonder look on his face as he's just doing, like, outright dastardly villain stuff. Yeah. I'm just obsessed with this whole vibe. I at this at this point in time, I would watch Daniel Radcliffe in anything. Same, hard same. Yeah, <laughs> I said this to you when we were like leaving this movie. But the scary thing about Daniel Radcliffe is he is doing the same bit that Brad Pitt is doing, but 20 years sooner. Yes, <laughs> and what does that mean? Absolutely, and good on him. Yeah, good yeah. on him. Like that's the fucking dream, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I got a chuckle out of with this movie in perspective or in respect to other movies we've seen recently is that this movie is what Brooke Shields wanted her yes. Scotland movie to be. Yep. <laughs> in every way. Percent. Except this one's good. Except this one was actually good. <laughs> but you could read the writing on the wall mm-hmm. that it was like, it's also about a writer who's looking for some new inspiration for her work. And and she ends up on an adventure that's, like, plucked from the pages yep. of her long-standing series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and in trying to run away from her fame, she becomes her own heroine. <laughs> yeah. We were also taking bets on which role Sam Hewen tried out for, and if it was both Brad Pitt's and Channing Tatum's. Definitely both of them. Yeah. He would have been happy with either. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think there's a universe where he could have done the Channing Tatum role. And it wouldn't have been as good. It wouldn't have been as good. Channing Tatum, like, I was... I, I have not seen him in, like, maybe anything, really, I so... I don't know. I, like, I want to say that I haven't, but I'm also someone who lived through the aughts. So the I... The naughties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> i took like psychic damage from that one um so i just i feel like i must have crossed paths with him at some point but i i can't i don't know he brought some like really good self-reflexive comedy i think to this bit and you know i think Maybe this is just, like, a point in time or something, but I do think that there's, like, I think sometimes you just need a himbo. (laughs) You know? (laughs) I think the himbo is an (laughs) underappreciated art form. Like, I didn't get anything out of that experience, personally, but I... No, but It was a fun time. I don't know, like... (laughs) Maybe that's the point. (laughs) I think so. Like, I think there's just something, like, nice about spending some time with, like, a big dumb, affable, beautiful man who you're not attracted to. That's fair. Right? Like, he's a big beefcake boy. He's not my type. But, like... (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> but, there's, but like he's obviously like attractive as far as like standards of beauty go mm-hmm. even if he's not like my cup of tea and it's just like this funny thing where he's this like big beautiful man who's also a lovable dummy yeah and like a nice one yeah there's a scene where Sandra Bullock is being self-righteous about um She's been self-righteous the whole time about her books and mm-hmm. how her her writing is, like, dumb and whatever. And Channing Tatum, like, gets offended. Oh, yeah. And gives her this, like, really good tell-off about how, like, she's, like, being offensive to the fans, basically, and, like, selling herself and the fans short. I wish I could remember what his, like, ending line to it is, because it's a decent zinger. Yeah. And I was like, look at this himbo go. He's like a good boy <laughs> who knows, who just, who like understands. <laughs> He's like trying to be like a th- considerate and thoughtful of the people who pay their bills. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. He's like yeah. a good guy. He's just a big dummy. He's a big dummy. I did like. <laughs> absolutely lose it right at the beginning when he comes out in the Fabio wig and I was like oh god it's happening I love that so much like frankly I can't wait until I can pay money to rent this on demand because I will absolutely I'm gonna buy it on Amazon Prime or like whatever the fuck streaming service (laughs) so that I can like have it Sam Newman's Hawaiian shirt (laughs) proud owner it was gonna go one of two ways. I wanted to be prepared. No, no, we have that. Unfortunately, went a third way that I wasn't quite ready for. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Um, I can't, I can't end this without sharing the one line in this film that will stick with me forever. Which Ooh, tell me was when. Sandra Bullock's assistant is on the on the hunt for her to like rescue her and she has this like arduous travel journey and she shows up to some police station or something and they tell her like they can't help her that day and she just stands there and she goes I have been trying to take a nap for a year and a half <laughs> Pop Culture Happy Hour tried to come for that monologue, and I was like... Excuse me? Yeah. They they tried to come for it, and I was like, y'all? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. The whole thing, start to finish, is so beautiful. It is. I love her. <laughs> I think I she could have been better utilized, but I love her. She has a good a good redemption. Not even a redemption arc, but just a good... A good friendship arc. It gave her some bits to do. They did. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's sparkly and fun, and I want to spend more time with it. Yeah, I'll absolutely watch this again. Although, <laughs> let me just say that Pop Culture Happy Hour did say that there's already rumors about a sequel. No. And if that's the case, then I will burn it all down. Like, can we just have one nice thing? Well, like, like, I do, I do want thing. Mamma Mia 3. Like, I don't want to say I'm against sequels, but it has to be 
But the cast wants Mamma Mia 3. Like, Mamma Mia 3 is going to happen because every person who's ever been on the set of a Mamma Mia has said, I would like to go back to Mamma Mia, please. Yes. (laughs) Like, that is a different scenario. Right. Right. Like, the beauty of the rom-com is that it doesn't ever have a sequel. And if it does, the sequel sucks. There's no reason. Like, we don't need to revisit Channing Tatum inexplicably liking Sandra Bullock. No. Like, we don't need, we don't, there's nothing else there. They don't need to go on any more adventures. They barely went on this adventure. They don't even, like, I do appreciate they don't even give it, like, any forward momentum. They're like, we we like each other today. We had fun. (laughs) It's like he's pining after her. She doesn't know he exists. Then they get to the end of the adventure and now they're cuddling on a beach. That's the whole romantic arc. But it's not, we're not going to get married. We're not going to, like, have a long-term relationship. It's just, like, cool. (laughs) It's all you need from this movie. It's all you need. It's all you need. Don't make it more than it is. (laughs) No. I don't care. And, and, like, I don't need to know what happened to Daniel Radcliffe. Nope. I don't need any of it. No. So, I want to spend more time with it, but I want to spend more time with the one that exists. I don't want this to be misconstrued as saying I want to be in-universe more. No. Yeah. I also just feel like we should toast to Sandra Bullock for taking us into another rom-com renaissance, despite leading (laughs) a rom-com renaissance 20 years ago. Good on you. <laughs> Good on her. She she's like the patron saint of the rom com of many things. I think, but yes, yeah, yeah. I love her. She's got the range. She does. So anyway, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I hope we can all wear sparkly sequin jumpsuits in our fifties. It does make me wonder. <laughs> yeah, right. It does make me wonder though, like. Do I, I was thinking about this specifically because of the, the stage of my life I was in when we did rom-com education back in the day, which was a staunchly anti-rom-com yeah. place in my life. <laughs> and so is this a reflection of my growth? Is this a reflection of a change in environment? Like, what, what's different now than when we started this podcast? And, and I don't know, and something. There's more to that to explore. You're just, more open to the concept of a romance in any form. <laughs> I would say, that's first of all. That's probably true. You want to know who fucking did that to me? Yeah, exactly. Outlander fucking did that to me. I know. So that's <laughs> part of it. The other part is that the quality of the few and far between rom-coms that we're getting are higher, I think, than the Badlands end of the rom-com era that we were getting. Is that accounting for Marry Me? Um, yes. Okay. Yes. Because Jerry was out on that one among rom-com viewers. It was a nothing- but a nothing was better than like true the rom-com adventure movie with Kate Hudson and Matthew McConaughey when they go and search for gold in the Caribbean. <laughs> no thanks. 
Like, that was the bottom of the barrel. Marry Me is, like, fine, and it knows what it... But it knows what it is. I think that's the thing. Like, they Mm. seem to have this self-awareness that is helping them deliver. And some of them are, like, a little bit... I don't know. They're, like, adapting to what people want today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Like, it's not as mu- it's not as, like, I don't want to say it's not as mass-produced, because that's not true, but it's not as much of, like, the machine just, like, churning it out every, like, quarter, it just feels for the like, sake of it. Yeah, it feels like these are coming out of a s- place of, like, demand versus... Mm-hmm them feeding it to us just because it's what you do right because there was a while obviously when we didn't have really any right and yeah now we're in the renaissance it's happening it's all kelsey's (laughs) ever wanted we're in it (laughs) um yeah so we'll stay on this beat yeah always on this beat Mm mm-hmm Anything anything else about Lost City besides so. everyone should literally should go, go to a movie it. theater and like, go see okay, it? Okay, here's here's the thing about this film. When Kelsey sent me the trailer back in the day, I didn't even know that it was only a theatrical release. I assumed that like every other film these days, it was going to be both mm-hmm. home and theater release. And so she sent me the trailer. I watched like... 10 seconds of the trailer. I didn't even get all the way through. And I sent Kelsey a text in all caps that said, I will see this in theaters. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like, I knew from the moment she sent me the trailer. Yeah. And it delivered. It delivered. So. Yeah. There you go. Don't go see Batman. Go see The Lost City. <laughs> I, why is there always a Batman in, in the theater? Talk about theater generating content. No kidding. For the people that they're not really clamoring for. (laughs) I'm not anyway. (laughs) There's clearly some market segment that is, but it's not us. Go see The Lost City. Yeah. It's worth it. It's worth Mm -hmm. it to see it in theaters. It is. And it'll be great to see it at home when the time comes. Oh, yeah. If the stars align, we're watching this after Eurovision. Oh, my God. Do you think it'll be released by then? It might be on demand. Oh, fuck. That would be so lit. It would be. Imagine if we... We don't have this kind of time. But imagine (laughs) if we could do Eurovision, followed by this, followed by Spy Who Dumped Me, followed by the Mamma Mia's. Oh, man. It would be, like, maybe too good for us. I think we would die. Yeah. I think we would die. (laughs) but no no regrets no regrets this is the canon now (laughs) we are a girl who can only do five yeah yeah (laughs) Uh, yeah um yeah well if you have seen the lost city and want to tell us how much you loved it and the volume of the laughter in your theater you may Tweet that to us at HateWatchWithUs, or you can send us an email to HateWatchWithUs at gmail.com, or you can go to our website, HateWatchWithUs.com, and click the contact button, maybe. Or you can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and tell us, I don't know, whatever you want. (laughs) 
tell us your favorite place to buy sequin jumpsuits. Ooh. That's yeah. a good one. That's what you should tell us in your five-star <laughs> review. If it's under $20, one of us will buy it. I, I'm not saying I almost bought a sequin jumpsuit oh <laughs> last week, but... Wow, I'm fine. I'm fine. Uh, <laughs> I had a store credit. Um... <laughs> We're members of the Thought Bubble Audio Network, which is a network of podcasts. <laughs> um, a, a network of podcasts who probably wear sequin jumpsuits to varying degrees, I would wager. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find them over at Thought Bubble FM on Twitter if you want to ask them about their sequin jumpsuit collection. Or you could check out their shows at ThoughtBubbleAudio.com. They also have a Gmail if you want to email them your suggestions for sequin jumpsuits. That's ThoughtBubbleAudio at gmail.com. And if you value podcasts that talk about rom-coms and sequin jumpsuits, then you can find them on Patreon to support the infrastructure that makes this podcast possible. (laughs) That's ThoughtBubbleAudio. Search it on Patreon. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) all right well thank you thank you for joining us and we will i don't know be back again see see you next time (laughs) next time (laughs) i don't know what we're talking about i feel like well if either of us had internalized anything about this film i'm sure we could have pulled out like a quippy line but we're not there yet. We're not there yet. We have to watch it a few more times. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.